0: Welcome to Tech Uncorked. I'm Dean Gratton.
1: And I'm Sarah-Jane Gratton.
0: And together we explore a new world of technology and innovation.
1: With lively discussion and some great interviews. Well, let's kick this off by saying Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. Well, at least we think it is.
1: Well, it's not the Happy New Year that we would have liked to have had, but I dare say for most of us it's come of... As no surprise that things yep. are pandemic still, is still here. Yeah, it feels a bit like Groundhog Day. Yeah, it feels a bit like you know we just yeah in lockdown again yet again yet again. I it's just think people
0: just, yeah people just need to do as they're told. Stop cheating. I know it's tough, but uh, we have to get through this. We get through this together.
1: Yeah, yeah. Stay I mean, safe. I,
0: be be the, mindful of what you're doing.
1: The pressure on the NHS at the moment is is you know it's just incredible. So yeah, I do think we have to all play our part in just keeping yeah. the country safe and stopping the spread and Do yeah. as you
0: told and behave.
1: <laughs> you sound like a headmaster there.
0: I, I am I am a headmaster.
1: You are a headmaster, you're the headmaster of me, are you? <laughs> Goodness. No, I, I We'll I, spank you later. I agree with what you've said. I think it's so important that we we all play our part. Um but you know, with that in mind, um let's look at some of the ways we think that technology might help or evolve Yeah, Technology is still
0: forging ahead, irrespective of the pandemic.
1: I mean, let's look at 5G, for example. The promise of 5G. Is 2021 the year when 5G will become um, a saviour in terms of communication and what can be achieved?
0: I think we're still lost. We have companies still just going through that process of paperware this is what we can do. This is what we can achieve. This is what uh, 5G will bring uh, about for consumers and businesses and so on and so on. And let's be, let's face it, uh, 4G across the UK is patchy. You, you can go to one area and there's no 4G. It will, it will roll back down to 3G at best. So I, I mean, for me, it's, there's well, we know there's a whole different infrastructure involved in delivering. Uh, 5G. We mm. have the radio access network that needs mm. to be changed. Mm. The distribution of um, antennas and base stations. We, we don't have 5G is not going to rely on the mass that we have typically for cellular at the moment. And it's going to take a different kind of rollout.
1: Well, it's already started. And you know, w- you and I both had a conversation uh, with our friends at Ericsson. Uh, just before Christmas, and, you know, who are talking about these tremendous steps forward in making sure that there's this ever-connected world so that we, we can always stay in touch. I think we are, we're moving towards that.
0: I think the ideal and, and what 5G will achieve, I think, is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I think we have this anticipation when we hear about something new like, that we want, we want it. it now, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have it. Let's, let's get going. I've bought a 5G phone. Yeah. Now what? Let me come on. But, you know, I think we're on our way there this year. I do. It'll
0: be interesting to see and how it, it shapes up and whether these companies can actually deliver on the promise.
1: And I think it would be wonderful to know that the people that need this kind of connectivity, this kind of collaboration if you like in terms of the workplace and the healthcare services can find that through 5g or at least find things improved through 5g because every every little bit of technology that assists now is welcomed this year i think we'd all agree on that
0: well especially with those now who are remote working absolutely i think uh, the promise of 5g would would certainly help in that mm. but then with the fixed networks such as cable and DSL for example i think that's a solid base really that's a foundation that's not going to change mm-hmm. i mean that's your core infrastructure yeah your yeah. cable and your your copper mm. i mean i think i read a long time ago that uh, british telecom wanted to rip out all the copper across the uk and um, the government said no mm-hmm. i think it was the government that said no because um ultimately um that's your core infrastructure and uh, in our village here we get 80 megabits per second mm. over copper mm. that's that's quite amazing
1: yeah it's impressive and it would be a shame to lose as you say the core infrastructure that we already have in place take it away you know it begs the question why would you do that also i think remote working talking about mm. remote working and of course you and i in terms of communications with others and putting together this podcast it's, um, you know, not something we can invite people around for a cuppa and then sit them <laughs> down in front of the mic and then carry on this conversation. I I think things like Zoom, uh, Microsoft Teams. I mean, I read an article recently that Microsoft Teams, since October to now, the use cases have trebled since, I think, the first lockdown so you sort of started to build. Then in October, there was this huge leap. And now looking back, you know, it's well, it's incredible. I think you've over got that, um, 20 million.
0: Look how fast uh, Zoom has uh, exploded. And of course, I mean, Zoom was really unknown until uh, uh, until the, all this happened mm. with the pandemic. And
1: there were quite a few concerns about Zoom to start oh, with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, the, I mean, the, I can only imagine the software pr- uh, development kind of accelerated through the roof to, to overcome the the shortcomings of the software and now it's, uh, it's a solid uh, code base delivering mm-hmm. secure end-to-end
1: yeah i mean it's great it's in the cloud i think when we spoke to ian Moise before christmas um in one of our, i can't remember the episode but guys if you look up about ian Moise and he talked about the cloud he mentioned zoom there and saying you know it just works it, Zoom is not going to crash if you have more people coming on board because of the cloud-based system, you know, is the foundation of uh, how it all works. And that's quite amazing and and really astounding that this came into being. Before the pandemic, it was all, almost like someone had a crystal ball and said, what do we need to produce here where we can get people all together remotely? That's really sturdy, really resilient to but then, numbers.
0: But you, had, you had existing... Uh video calling software such as skype um i'm just trying to think of others now
1: <laughs> we had the google hangouts the, the before that Google but Hangouts, whatsapp i use whatsapp one-to-one i don't think i'd use whatsapp for a for a huge group meeting i don't well, don't you, know how yeah you
0: can use it for a group meeting but I, i'd say one or two three people maybe
1: yeah so whereas zoom you know you, you can have 20 30 people and more Using Zoom, I also like the the raise your hand feature on Zoom that they've now introduced and Teams, I think, which is quite nice. If somebody actually wants to speak, you can push, raise the hand and the little hand pops up by their face to say, I've got something to say, which is quite nice.
0: Yeah, especially when it's a large meeting. Yeah, it
1: stops everybody talking over each other. Yes. Uh, So that's quite a useful thing. Um, But yeah, I see that developing this coming year. Do you?
0: Um... I think it's already developed. The only thing they're going to... It's going to be... And it's going to add... Of course, they're going to add new features, but Mm. I just think it's going to go through the course of bug fixes and whatnot.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you don't see any kind of new ways of us interacting through technology this year. I know when we spoke to Helen McKenzie um, about procurement and how she missed those serendipitous moments when you meet somebody and come up with a great idea. And we talked then about virtual reality playing a role in, in providing that, you know, interaction. Do you think that's something we're going to see happen this year?
0: Oh, I don't know. Virtual reality, that must have been... Oh, no, I'd like to see... What well, I'd like to see happen is augmented reality, certainly for the shopper. Of course, the pandemic has... Had a strain on restaurants and local Mm, high streets and terribly and and all that kind of stuff and and I think really to have that augmented reality where you can possibly I mean what was the magic mirror we did an interview with a company about the magic mirror
1: oh that was just so innovative to be able to do that Um, but you you still had to go to the store for that. Do you think there might be a way that we can use augmented reality to shop at home to make it more real outside of the high street? Because it is now becoming increasingly difficult and the government are talking about more measures, stricter measures. You know, could augmented reality then play a part in filling the gap of the high street experience at home?
0: It, it possibly could, but uh, I like being indoors. You and I are in each uh, are in each other's pocket twenty four hours a day.
1: We are, uh, <laughs> for and better or worse. For better or worse,
0: in <laughs> sickness and health,
1: <laughs> with a glass of wine or two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we've done that for well, we no, okay, we've been together twenty six years, and uh, yeah, we don't know any difference. I mean, we have been in each other's pocket, so I mean to, I mean, how would augmented reality help or assist with that? I'm not sure, to be honest, because there are people who want to go out and venture out and and mm. all that kind of stuff, but it, oh, I don't know. People
1: like to actually touch what they're buying. I I, I get that completely. What I do like, um, and I think the IKEA app does it, is it allows you, and I think Wayf- oh, Wayfair as well, Wayfair and IKEA, check this out, guys. I think if you go to their apps and you pick a piece of furniture you can actually see it sitting in your room and position it in ah, your room you which is actually
0: that's augmented reality
1: which is nice um i don't really see how you could use it with um with your grocery shop but this is but, open to, to, to suggestions I'm here
0: not, i'm gonna this is this is our new chopping board yeah and i'm going to use augmented reality to place my tomato
1: right on the chopping board what a virtual tomato
0: yeah it is a virtual (laughs) one
1: right how does that help create the evening meal
0: is it the right tomato
1: well how would you know it's the right tomato
0: that's going to be difficult to assess
1: it it's going to be very difficult and then you can't eat it so that's to me that's absolutely it's absolutely pointless (laughs) i've no idea where that's going in your wibbly wobbly world darling But anyway, moving on, and, and actually, well, moving on, but going back to groceries. Um, I mean, we all know recently the strain that uh, the supermarkets are, are under, including Okada, who, which is a dedicated online supermarket, in terms of now deliveries and with people tweeting, oh, I'm number 4,192 in the queue for my shopping online. Ooh. Well, yeah, yeah very very uh difficult such a strain on the systems well
0: actually speaking of fresh produce and uh, the, the lorries uh being um stalled at calais and dover and vice versa mm. uh, and I, I think that's a load of nonsense i really do think that's a load of nonsense and there is no reason why these lorries can't come through uh, as as normal as they were before um Ultimately, the, the the produce on on the, and the containers on the uh, lorries are known, understood. Their weight weights would be understood. So any deviations in the weight of the lorry and or anything like that, then then it should be flagged up, and then it should be flagged up and uh, stopped by the police to to inspect if there's a deviation in the weight, for example, because um, there'd be known records of this. And I just think it's rubbish. It's absolute rubbish.
1: Well, I think it's the additional administration work. I mean, I. Um I know that Nigel Jenny, who's the chief executive of the Fresh Produce Consortium in the UK, has expressed significant concerns. um, And I think he he talked about the substantial amount of additional administration and official inspections, which the industry will have to undertake, you know, undergo in in this transition. I mean, it's just
0: absolute nonsense. So what we left the uh, EU, but really there's no reason why business should change at, at all in any way, shape or form. And I just think maybe the EU... Members are really annoyed that Britain has left, and, uh, well, tough. Get on with it.
1: There are, you know, there there are different inspections that will be required, and actually, I found a quote here from, from Nigel. What he says is, "...our once seamless and highly effective supply chain will become embroiled in greater levels of official administration to support trade on an ongoing basis." And he also goes on to say that the full impact is yet to be felt by the industry. Yeah, I agree with that. So, you know, it, there are things happening that are going to affect the smooth transition of goods.
0: But it's, it's the administration he mentioned. And that's quite right. And and well, you, we have to start filling in paperwork. Everything's digital. There is no need for this. There's, uh, and it's all this new administration, make it digital. It should be digital. Like I said, using the Internet of Things as a a classic model to actually uh, make this happen, all the the goods are tracked um, and monitored um, and labelled, so you know exactly what you got on your lorry.
1: So yeah, using using technology to sort of speed up the processes where it's got to go, and 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 I guess the industry has to embrace technology in what is probably, in some respects, a non-tech you know industry. It's not a sector that you think of when you think of technology. So I guess there's going to be a big shift there and a lot of changes. But, you know, I can see that it's going to put a lot of pressure on the fresh produce industry. And a consortium like the Fresh Produce Consortium in the UK wants its members and and the whole industry as a whole to thrive um, and not to suffer as a result of this change. So well done, uh, Mr. Jenny, for speaking up on this.
0: So go back to the Internet of Things. Yeah. I think that's another thing. It's been bubbling around for a long time, and it's endured a senseless amount of hyperbole. And to be honest, Internet of Things is just a new term. And we were always already doing it before. Everything's connected, uh, devices are being monitored, or uh, devices are monitoring, or sensors are monitoring an environment. We're already doing mm. that before. Mm. And now comes along uh, a new term, mm. the Internet of Things. Mm. Oh, all of a sudden, it's got a, a, a breath of fresh air. It, it's a, a new lease of life.
1: Now it's also a nice way for people to understand:
0: They don't need to know they, they They use their mobile phones to make a phone call to surf the internet and blah blah blah. we have, we have okay in in the house, we have uh, smart technology, we've got smart lighting, uh, we have a smart sensor for the heating, mm. uh, even our heating systems connected to the internet mm. to to make predictions about the weather and stuff, yeah and so it's it's smart and but then it's it's under this umbrella called the internet of things and really does it need to be ultimately these things just work and i don't need to know the specific details despite my background i don't i don't in this instance i do mm. not need to you're know you're turning the on the
1: water you're turning on the tap but you don't particularly need to know where the water's coming from no. how the plumbing works
0: exactly is a great example smart home technology now is working Smart meters, again, that's placed under the same umbrella, the Internet of Things. But technically, it isn't because it's a closed, private network. That's it. It's a, it's a private network, and even your smart home is a private network. So, Internet of Things. I don't know. I don't. Th- I think it's still going to endure the hype cycle for a for a long time to come. And, and in fact, I'd, I would like it to fizzle out completely uh, because it's just uh, another name just to confuse the public, industry, consumers. It, we are already doing it before. We don't need it.
1: Mm, it'll be interesting to know, actually, um, what you think about the term the Internet of Things. Does it help having a category that you know sums up connected devices? How would you like it described? And what does it mean to you? That would be an interesting point of discussion for another episode.
0: I think, going back to the fresh produce stuff, AgriTech, I like to see this happen this year. Mm. I like to see, with the pandemic, uh, workers from Europe couldn't come across um, and, and do the harvesting and whatnot. And there was a load of waste because of that.
1: Well, also, you know, when you look at the customs, if goods are held up, perishable goods are held up, they're rotting. They're no good. They have to be thrown away. They have to be got rid of. And that's just such a terrible waste. So, you know, well, let's that, that, hope these issues that's are That's our resolved. lorry discussion.
0: So, yeah, that's, but I'm, I'm talking about agriculture and agritech.
1: Yeah, well, um, Specifically. there are, there are so many new innovations coming that are actually already here. Vertical farming is really taking off. And you've got companies like InFarm who actually have little vertical farming units in Selfridges, in some MS stores, um, and quite a few places where people can actually go and pick their own fresh from Fresh from the farm, if you like. Salads, it's just incredible. They are available now. And I think that that's a trend that's going to grow. You can't get fresher than this kind of, you mm. know, mentality. Picking your own.
0: And, and also with the, uh, now Brit- Britain has left uh, the EU, and we do import a lot of goods and so on, uh, and, and produce from the EU. But there's no reason why we can't be uh, self-sufficient and actually uh, grow our own vegetables which maybe need a warmer environment we can create those ecosystems in the uk where Mm. we can create these mass units to uh, replicate certain environments across europe or even in in the caribbean for example
1: yeah yeah climate restrictions on growth on 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 for growers aren't necessarily an issue in the future but of course it does take that investment and that's well let's not be
0: held held ransom by the bloody european union let's Stand our own two feet and make our own produce.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would love to know that everything that I buy is local. Unfortunately, you know, there are some things at the moment that we have to import, but that hopefully will all change in the future. And on that very positive growth for the future Mm -hmm. note, shall we round up this particular episode? Once again, we wish you all a very happy new year. Let's hope... It turns out to be a good one for us all. And um, thank you for listening in 2020. And please keep listening in 2021. Well, that's it for today's show.
0: And for more information about today's episode, go to techandcook.com. Until, Until next time. time.